Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. It is a Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. And uh, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. We are in the seventh week after Epiphany. Um, and so we've been going through the um, readings, uh, ad, uh, lectionary readings throughout the Christian calendar. And we've been doing this since before Christmas. And so now we are in the. Um, Seventh week after Epiphany, we have next a week from today uh, is the uh, first uh, day of Lent, Ash Wednesday. A week from today is Ash Wednesday, which, by the way, Bayside,ers uh, heads up. You go attend Bayside, or you're nearby. We'd love for you to join us on uh, Ash Wednesday. We're gonna have a time of uh, worship um, and. Maybe maybe a few baptisms on uh, next Wednesday night for uh, to begin Lent. Um, so I got to double check the time on that. Um, yeah, so it's probably like uh, it's probably like six thirty. I'm guessing probably six thirty because that's not a normal Wednesday night programming. So six thirty next Wednesday night, um, we'll be doing the um, uh, we'll have an Ash Wednesday baptism and worship service. That should be awesome, awesome to start the uh, the the Lenten season together. Yeah, so hope you guys can make it for that. And uh, if not, wherever you are, hope you're making some special preparations to prepare your heart, your mind for for Lent. Um, so um, you know that's a it's a big time as we prepare our hearts for um, Passion Week, um, and then eventually Easter Sunday. So, yeah, I hope you'll hope you'll uh, be thinking about that. Uh, we'll be doing that through our readings because next week we switch into um, those readings for Lent. So, um, I have those of you on Facebook. I apologize for the the camera. This is not my computer, and apparently it's not happy, and so the frame rate is too low and it's glitchy. Um, so, either jump over to Instagram. Or check it out on the podcast later on today. My apologies if it's annoying to you. <laughs> it would probably be annoying to me if I saw the like <laughs> slow motion thing going on. Um, so, but yeah, that's my fault, man. That's totally my fault. I forgot my computer. Forgot my computer at church, and now I'm using you know Christy's computer, and it doesn't want to play nice. So. All right, well, hey, let's jump into the readings for today. Today, we're going to read out of chapter uh, two of the book of Ruth. Uh, that's our Old Testament reading. Then we jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter one and Matthew chapter five. All right. Good morning, Lorna. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Trevor. All you guys who are finding us over on um, Instagram. Um, Linda, good morning. I see you guys are finding us again on Facebook. Welcome. All right, let's jump into it. Good morning, Molly. 
um, Ruth chapter 2. See what the Lord has to say to us today. You know, that's what we do. We just come to the to the Word of God with an open heart, open mind, uh, and see. It's unscripted. It's un, you know, no, no notes here. We just read and see what the Lord has to say. Ruth chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Uh, And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I have found, I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Now look, here's the thing. Um, It's a powerful little phrase here. Uh, As it turned out. You know, sometimes in the as it turned out, that's the hand of God, right? Come on. Sometimes in the as it turned out, that's the hand of God. And then we see this in the book of Ruth over and over. No, no, uh, just no uh, overt uh, God words, but we see the hand of God all over it. Uh, and in our lives, when we look back, and even right now, there may be some things that are, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, some things that happened in our lives, and we think, man, if this had not happened, and this had not happened, and this connection had not happened, then, and a lot of times it's in the uh, as it turned out that we see the hand of God. And, um, you know, the more you live, the more you realize God's got this deal figured out, man. God's got this deal figured out. And, he, and, the, and the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. We talk about that a lot, and it's true. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. He's going to take care of his people. He's going to take care of you. I hope you know that today. He's going to take care of you. And uh, the uh, God is all over the just so happens in your life. <laughs> just so, because nothing just so happened to God. How many of you know that, right? Nothing just so happened to God. God knows it all. You know, uh, something that is not in God's vocabulary is seriously? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, God never says seriously. You know, he's never, never, he's never surprised. He's never shocked. He's never like, you kidding me. And he knows it all from the beginning to the end. And um, because he loves us, uh, he's already working. He's already working in the um, in the as it turns out. Yeah. So uh, as it turns out, uh, Ruth was just happened to be gleaning uh, wheat in the field of uh, of Boaz. Just then, Boaz, just then, coincidentally, just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Lord be with you. Lord bless you. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, everybody. So glad you guys found us. Sorry for the little hiccup on uh, Facebook this morning. Uh, But glad and thankful for your persistence. Verse 3. Boaz asked the overseer of the harvesters, who, d- who does that young woman belong to? Boaz, he noticed He noticed her. He's like, mm, who's that? 
I'm just keeping it real, people. That's what Boaz said. He's like, mm, who's that, y'all? Who, who, where did we get this harvester? Uh, I don't recognize this harvester. Oh, yeah. Um, they answered, they, the overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So look, look, Ruth already got two good things going for her. You know what I'm saying? Two good things. One, well, three good things. One good thing is uh, God's already working. God, that's the biggest thing. God's working in her life, right? God's doing some things behind the scenes that she has no idea about. But she got some other things that the Lord blessed her with too. Number one, she pretty. <laughs> I'm gonna just tell you that's that, that was a that was a gift from God. She didn't. She's just she's a very attractive woman. And number three, uh, she's a hard worker. She's a hard worker. The Lord's with her. She's attractive and she works hard. She ain't just a pretty face, y'all. She ain't just a pretty face. She works hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for a short time in the shelter, she's been working from morning till now. Verse uh, 8. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Do, don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here, honey. Stay here. Don't go anywhere. Uh, stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you or I'll break their face. No, nah, he didn't say that, but he said, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not supposed to. Um, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get yourself a drink, drink and from the water jars, the men have filled. So when you get thirsty, get yourself something to drink. He's taking care of her already. Verse 10. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you noticed me, a foreigner. Because you awesome, because you fine. <laughs> Why is it that I'm so fortunate that you that you notice me and Boaz like because you fine? That's fine. I'm just saying, y'all. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, <laughs> but it's because the Lord's with her too. <laughs> it's true, man. Uh, verse, uh, where are we at? Verse 11. How, she says, well, how could you even notice me? Verse 11. Boaz replied, I've been told all about you, all about what you've done uh, by, wait. I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord be may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Ooh, ooh. Mm. So he Boaz has heard about her. He's heard about all the awesome things that she's done, about the fact that she stuck with Naomi in their grief and in their loss, and that they came back to uh, the homeland, Bethlehem. And it's trusting the Lord. Like she does, Ruth does, doesn't even know the Lord, but she, she, she's trusting Naomi's God. And Boaz is saying, look, you've come back to, uh, and you're going to find shelter under the hand of the Lord. 
Yeah. You've come to take refuge. Man, Boaz is a great witness here, right? Great witness to the, to the hand of God. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Man. Do you know you can take refuge under his wings today, man? Whatever you're facing, child of God, whatever you're facing, you can take refuge under the shelter of his wings. You know, like a, it's the image of a, like, a, uh, like a chick, right? A, 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 it gathers her, her chicks under her, under her wings and, and shelters uh, the children from the storm. That's what God does, man. He gathers you and, and protects you. He's like, you got to go through me. That's what God says. You got to go through me. You want to get to my children, you got to get through me. He shelters us. Man. All right, let's jump over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse, uh, let's see what we're reading here today. 23, 23 through 27. Uh, Paul speaking to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. I call God as my witness, and I stake my life on it. Whoa, this must be serious. That it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith for you, because it is by faith you stand firm. So I made up my mind that I would not make another painful visit to you. Painful visit. Paul, Paul had this tenuous relationship with the Corinthians, right? Verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2. For if I grieve you, who is left who is left to make you glad but you whom I have grieved? I wrote as I did so that when I came I would not be distressed by those who should have made me rejoice. Like I didn't I didn't come see you because I sh it should be a, re a a joyful occasion, but it was not going to be a joyful occasion. And it's part of it is because they you know they're they're not um they're not following the instruction of the apostles. I had confidence in all of you that you would all share my joy, for I wrote you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. Hmm. Have you ever had to have a painful conversation? That's what, that's what Paul saw. He's, he had to have a painful conversation with the Corinthians, and he's like, uh, I wrote this painful, and it was, a, it was confrontation that you know, they, they, gotta, they needed to grow up. They needed to stop doing the things they were doing. They needed to stop listening to false teachers. They needed to stop looking like the world and all these things. And, and Paul's like, I didn't, I didn't want to have to write that harsh letter. I didn't. It was hard. It was painful. I, I did so with many tears. And I did so not with the motive to grieve you, but with a motive to let you know the depth of my love for you. Hmm. You know, not every, not every conversation, not every time, you know, that someone tells us something that's hard to hear is because they're out to hurt us. You never know. You ever know some people like every time somebody gets some, some people, every time they get corrected, they, they think somebody's out to get them. Not somebody's out to get you. Maybe they're trying to make you better. Maybe they're the vet, the instrument of the Lord to help you get better. Come on. Paul's like, I had to say some tough things to you, to the Corinthians. 
you're my friends, you're my brothers, you're my sisters in Christ. But I had to share some things to you, and I knew it was going to inflict some grief and pain, but the goal was not the grief and pain. The, the goal was that you would go through the grief and pain and get to the other side, which would be a better version of you, would be better uh, reflection of Christ in your life. It's going to be a painful journey to get there. It was painful for me to say it. But the ultimate goal was better, was to get you better. You know, um, it's just like that. You know, so that feedback thing, right? So, I mean, it's never easy to get feedback, right? It's always hard to get. It's always it's hard to give constructive feedback, and it's hard to receive constructive feedback, right? But um, you know, one of the things that kind of helped is when you realize no one no one gives feedback perfectly. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the things we've kind of introduced into our conversations, and when we talk even at, among our team, is like. Uh, when it comes to feedback, it's like, look, I'm not going to do this right. I'm going to give you some feedback. I'm probably not going to say this right, okay? Because, you know, I'm not perfect, and I will probably say this wrong. So forgive me already for not saying it the right way. But here's the feedback, <laughs> right? Well, because what no one says, per no one gives feedback perfectly. Everyone says things, they say too much or too little. They say it with too harsh of terms or whatever. There's no way to do it perfectly. So sometimes if we can just give people permission to give us feedback, even though they're going to give it to us imperfectly, uh, we would be all be better off, right? Because everyone says it. I mean, the thing is, like, we never can say it perfectly, you know? Um, it's like you're, we always are going to stumble over our words. We're always going to say things that are, uh, you know, we didn't mean to say it that way. It came out funny. Came out wrong. Look, just apologize before you give it. Like, I'm sorry for how this is going to sound. I'm probably going to say it wrong. But here's the feedback. Yeah. Because what we do, when someone gives us feedback, who you think you are? <laughs> so if you just, if you just, uh, if you just uh, um, <laughs> kind of uh, defuse that from the beginning. Like, I know, I suck, I'm terrible, but can I just give you some constructive feedback here? <laughs> I know I'm terrible, okay? I know I'm far worse than anything you've ever done. I've probably done it. I know that, I get that. But may, now, may I, now, now that we've established that I'm awful, <laughs> can I, now may I proceed into offering you some constructive criticism? <laughs> uh, yeah. Verse five. Um, how far are we going down here? We're going down to verse 17. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you at some to some extent. Not to put it too severely, the punishment inflicted on him by the, by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by the excessive sorrow. So that's here's the thing. Um, some of you may recall this when we read through 2 Corinthians in the past, but in a previous letter, Paul says you need to expel the immoral brother. You need to, you got to confront him. You got to confront the immoral brother because it's it's messing up the entire community. Um, you know this idea that you know anybody can do whatever they want in the house of God is not true. If it's if it's if it's wreaking havoc among among the body, then you have every right to confront that individual um, for the betterment of the of the whole. Uh, that that happened in Corinth. They took Paul's advice. They confronted the person who was, you know, living the sexually immoral life that was uh, 
influencing the church, and the guy repented. But now they're still holding it over his head, right? They're still holding it over his head. And the guy's like, and, they're, and Paul's like, well, guys, how, like, seriously, do I have to walk with, like, he repented. Quit, like, beating the dude up. <laughs> quit, quit punishing him. Quit inflicting pain on him when he's clearly repentant and, and, and seeking to do better in his life. Man, isn't that true? That's such a human thing. Like, like we, uh, we're reluctant, you know, to confront. Then we can, when we confront, we just want to pile on. And Paul's like, get off the dude. Stop piling on this poor man. He's repented. Is there somebody in your life that has, uh, you know, they sought your forgiveness, um, and yet you keep inflicting kind of a judgment on them? We don't want to do that, man. We got to let people go. We got to let people be free. We got to truly forgive. So verse 6, he says, the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. We're good. We're good. Verse 7. Now, instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. <laughs> Something like, no, he need to feel it a little longer. <laughs> he need to feel a little pain, a pain a little longer. And Paul's like, no, that's not your job. Time to let him go. Encourage that brother. Verse 8. I urge you, therefore, to re reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote to you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I, what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not aware of his schemes. Wow. What's the scheme there? The, the devil will try to cause us division, right? by unforgiveness, by bitterness, by resentment, by uh, pushing uh, the call for repentance from someone else too far, right? You got to shift gears and start encouraging this guy. But all of this is, uh, is uh, he, Paul is saying, are schemes of the devil, the schemes of Satan to try to outwit the church, the church of God, the people of God, to get us focused on someone else's sin, to get us focused on unforgiveness, or harboring division, harboring bitterness. It's like, nah, we got to be wiser than that. Verse 12. Now, when I went to Troas, I preached the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. I still had no, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. The, the Lord opened a door for him. Hmm. Verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us. Oh, I love this. Thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Oh, man, man, I like that. God uses you and me to spread the aroma of Christ everywhere we go. Wow. You know how when you go to like a festival or a carnival, there's a certain smell. You know, you smell the funnel cakes, you smell the hot dogs, you smell the barbecue, you smell them big old fat um, turkey legs. There's a smell to that festival. <laughs> You're like, ooh, I feel like I'm at a festival now, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's the smell of, of a fair, right? The smell of a, of a party, of a, of a carnival, uh, like the state fair, right? Um, 
we are the aroma of Christ, man. We, we're like the, the kingdom of God party um, on feet. The, the smell of redemption, the smell of godliness, the smell of kindness and, and gentleness, the kind of the smell of purity, the smell of love, the smell of grace, the smell of uh, redemption. Yeah, we spread the aroma of Christ everywhere we go. And I love that. That's one worth underlining, guys. If you haven't underlined that one in your Bible, you, that that's definitely underlinable material right there. For sure. All right, let's wrap up this. Unlike so many, uh, let's go to verse 16. Uh, to the one we are the aroma, I'm sorry, I skipped the verse, verse 15. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and, and those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma that brings death. To the other, the aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. Wow. Mm. We do not peddle the word of God for profit, man. <laughs> I love that. We, it's, not about, it's not about that. We do not peddle the word of God for profit. We, uh, we do, so, do so with a sincere heart as those sent from God, man. That's beautiful. All right, let's wrap up our readings with Matthew chapter 5, verses 23, 21 through 26. Thanks so much for being on today, guys. Those of you guys on the podcast, those of you guys on Facebook, Instagram, welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on. All right, let's do it. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verses 21, just six verses here. This is still the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaking. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. Anyone, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. This goes back to what Jesus was talking about, about uh, our righteousness should surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees. Our righteousness. What? Because we're not, just looking, we're not just interested in the external. In fact, we don't start there at all. We start on the internal. So we, we deal with the heart, right? Christ does the work in our hearts and convicts us of the sin in our hearts and helps us to work through those, those, uh, those hurts and habits and hang-ups in our heart uh, that eventually affect the outside. But in that way, our, our righteousness should exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees because it's an inward work. Yes, sir. But I tell you that anyone who's angry with his brother and sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Raka, is, an, is answerable to the court. And everyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the hell of the fire of hell. So, I mean, these are like derogatory terms. You, know. you fool. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that a, your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, and first go and reconcile with them, then come and offer your gift. God cares about our interpersonal relationships. It's not just about me and God. It's not just about me and the Lord Jesus out in the wilderness. <laughs> he cares about how we're treating each other. Verse 25. Settle matters quickly with your uh, adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. 
like work things out. You need, we need to work things out among each other. Why? Because it actually can be worse. It can be worse not to deal with it. Reminds me of last week when I was in jury duty all week. That was a long week, man. Long week last week. Doing my civic duty. Um, being a juror. Hey, I got to sign the, the, the form. You know, as a jury foreman, the sign off. So somewhere in the dockets of uh, the circuit court in Clearwater is uh, is my Johnny Hancock. That really means not much of nothing. <laughs> but I did get to sign it. But it's weird. That was weird. It was it was a great experience, but it's always weird. It's such a finality to verdict, you know. That's uh, it's crazy. And it was a, it was a civil trial, so it wasn't really super super intense. But even at that, I was like, man, verdict is a is such a final thing. Hmm. Maybe think about you know spiritual things and uh, the the not being condemned stuff in the Bible uh, is such a blessing uh, because uh, conviction is. Uh, you know, in terms of court, is final. Uh, the jury's verdict is final. I mean, you could, there is an appellate court, but for the sake of our discussion. Uh, but to know that Jesus has justified us uh, and that now we are the aroma of Christ everywhere we go, that's pretty good stuff. All right, you guys, you know what we do. We pray after we read, so let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for my friends. Thank you for the privilege of reading the Word together and studying together. Thank you for the opportunity to come together in this format uh, across time. Uh, even across space, location, places all over the country, Lord, to gather together and pray and to seek your face and read together. Lord, I pray your blessing and encouragement upon my friends. I pray that we might apply this word to our lives today, Lord, that we might be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving to one another, and Lord, that we might be the aroma of Christ everywhere we go, that we would spread forgiveness, that we would spread love, that we would spread grace, that we would spread um, encouragement uh, today. Lord, if there are special, specific needs that my brothers and sisters have today, Lord, I pray that you would meet it in abundance through the power that is at work in Christ. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness to us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for spending this time in prayer. Uh, may the Lord just surround you today, and uh, may you enjoy his presence. We'll see you again next time. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be back at it as we continue on these readings in the seventh week of Epiphany. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.